faithful. When I say that word, what comes to mind? Maybe you thought of old faithful, the, that, that geyser that always erupts, or, or a pet that was always by your side. Maybe it's not what that came to mind, but a who. If you're like me, you immediately thought of a person or persons who represent faithfulness. Maybe you thought of your grandparents or a spouse or a trusted friend. Immediately when I think of of faithful, I thought of Leo Miller. Brother Leo isn't flashy. He doesn't want to be out in front of a crowd or preach a sermon. He doesn't demand attention. In fact, he's probably not going to like the fact that I'm using using him as an example this morning. But Leo is faithful. In the years that I've known him, he's never let me down. He is consistent. He's dependable. He's reliable. And he's trustworthy. When Leo says that he's going to do something, it gets done every single time. When I, I say faithful, I think of a set of spiritual grandparents at my church that mentored me through my teen years named Joe and Sandy Heatherly. They're one of the first ones that taught me to tithe and to trust God. I learned from them when times were good and when times were difficult. I always knew that they would be faithful in their giving. Joe and Sandy modeled unwavering trust in God. Joe and Sandy never considered leaving a church. The only times that they ever switched churches was when they moved. They didn't expect a church to be perfect. And looking back now, I realize that there were a lot of imperfect times. But Joe and Sandy stayed, not because they liked how everything was done, but because they were faithful. I've learned what faithfulness was by watching them. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul wrote the the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. So the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live by this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such thing there is no law. The evidence or the fruit in your life is an outgrowth of your spirit. The person who is rooted and grounded in God will act one way. The person who gives in to their sinful desires and those sinful natures acts entirely different. It's not oversimplification to say that you can tell whether or not someone is a Christian by watching what they do and listening to what they say. Now, just in case you think it's just one verse, let me show you what Jesus said in Matthew seven fifteen. said, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, and a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. 
us by their fruit, you will recognize them. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus was addressing his critics when he said, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil that's stored up in him. Now, let's put all this together. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the recognizable evidence of a committed follower of Jesus. You can know or recognize people by the fruit in their lives. Good trees produce good fruit, and bad trees produce bad fruit. The evil man says and does evil things, yet the good man does and says good things. By watching and listening, you can know if a man is good or evil. Jesus made it clear that the fruit of your life is evidence of the condition of your heart. We make excuses for people. We say, well, that's just them. That's just how they are. But the Bible doesn't make room for that. Scripturally, what you are comes out in what you say and what you do. You can't excuse your words, attitudes, or attitudes because of your upbringing, your background, your personality, or your temperament. The condition of the tree produces the fruit in your life. You might say, Pastor Jason, I'm not convinced. I know non-believers who have joy. I know people who don't follow Jesus who, who are patient. See, this is where a lot of people get confused. Paul's list isn't the fruits, plural, of the Spirit. It's the fruit, singular, of the Spirit. All these fruits grow on the same tree. As a follower of Jesus, all nine are supposed to be present in your life. To have all of them regularly active in your life is impossible without Jesus. As you grow in your relationship with Jesus, these fruit will be more and more evident in your life. And listen, if you missed any of the messages in this series, go online to mehea.org and catch up. Although the fruit are all connected, each message stands alone by itself. Today, however, we come to the next fruit in the list faithfulness. The dictionary definition of faithfulness is steady in allegiance or affection, loyal, constant, true to one's word, promises and vows, strict and thorough in performance of duty, trustworthy and dependable. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Right? You want your, your spouse, your friends, and your leaders to be faithful. You want them full of this fruit. To be unfaithful is to be unworthy of confidence or trust, disloyal, undependable, false, deceitful, adulterous, and untrue. You don't want that kind of person in your life. And you don't want to be that kind of person. 
So what does someone with this fruit of faithfulness active in their lives look at? I don't pretend that this list is exhaustive or, or complete, but I do believe that it's a, a good start in recognizing the fruit of faithfulness. First thing I see is that faithful people are humble. They don't demand attention or recognition. Faithful people aren't interested in recognition. They are more interested in the job being done and, and, and others benefiting from their work and their sacrifice. Their approach is not, look at what I did. They don't fight for position or make sure that everyone knows their contribution. When things go wrong and you're treated poorly is when the fruit is most evident. Right? It's easy to, to be faithful and to do what's right when everyone is nice and kind to you. It's easy to be faithful when everyone else is faithful. But faithful people do right even when others do wrong. When gossiped about, they don't respond back with gossip. When they're treated unfairly, they don't fight back. Right? We've all had people in our lives that, that walk away from commitments. It's okay to be hurt and even a little angry. But when it happens, we, we shouldn't make quick decisions. Instead, we should wait and think through our response. And in spite of someone's lack of commitment, we should make the determination to bless them and to help them. When people find out that you're doing that for people that have let you down, they're going to be puzzled. They may say, what are you doing? Why are you helping them? Why in the world would you do that after what he did to you? Here is what our response should be. I decided a long time ago to do what's right. And I won't let his wrong change my decision to do right. I won't let his wrong change my decision to do what's right. I can't allow his failure to change the code that I live by. If I do that, then I'm no better than him. Faithful people do what's right. Faithful people are dependable. That's probably the first thing that comes to mind when, when you think of faithful people. Paul sent Timothy to overseas churches because he was faithful. Moses relied on Joshua because he was faithful. Faithful people do what they say they're going to do. If they borrow money, they pay it back on time. They don't pretend that, that they forgot it or they don't decide that you don't really need it back. If they say they're going to be there at 10, they don't show up at 10.15. You can count on them not only being on time, but being early. If they commit to a project, they finish it. They don't leave a, leave a mess for other people to clean up. See, when you put leadership in the hands of a faithful person, you can relax knowing that they will do whatever it takes to accomplish the goal. Faithful people show up. You can count on them being there. Faithful people also bring healing, not conflict. Faithful people don't stir dissension. They are problem solvers and not problem creators. Solomon said this about faithful people in Proverbs 13. A wicked messenger falls into trouble. 
but a trustworthy or a faithful envoy brings healing. See, faithful people don't gripe and complain when things don't go their way. Faithful people promote peace and healing instead of adding the conflict. In any church, family, business, or circle of friends, right, there are little fires, little issues that pop up. And you have a choice. You can choose either to carry a gas can or a water jug, right? And some people pour gas on fire, right? They, they pour gas on fire, and they're what we call pyromaniacs. And so if they see things that are going wrong, they begin to try to set fire on things, right? And some people pour gas on the fire. They want to stir things up. They want to make things worse, right? These people, pyromaniacs, right, they're delighted in seeing flames grow and multiply, Right? But see, these people that we're talking about this morning, they, they're conflict maniacs. They love to see conflict grow and multiply. But on the other hand, there are people that are peacemakers. They like to put the fire out. Let me give you an example. Several years ago, before I became pastor, our church changed from pews to chairs. And the pastor at the time only got a couple of complaints, so there weren't any fires to put out. But it could have gone like this. Why did they have to take out our pews? I'm tired of all the changes around this place. Why can't they just leave things the way they've always been? Why do we keep having to changing? And a gas can carrier says, you know what? You're right. In fact, they took out the pews just to make you mad. In fact, if you knew the real reason that they took them out, you'd be even more angry. I know the inside story. They don't want us pew sitters around anymore. But a faithful person, a, a water can carrier, hears the same complaint, but has a different reply. They say things like, oh, those pews, they were old and worn out. And they put water on them. These chairs are so much more comfortable and easier to get up and down out of. And we can fit even more seats in here so that more people can come to know about Jesus. Isn't that more important than some pews? Now listen, I could give you real life examples from our church. Recent things, but I don't want to get too personal. Right? Some people aren't happy unless they're unhappy. Do you know anybody like that? When you encounter them... Always pour water 
on their attempts to start fire. It takes practice, but the more you do it, the better off we'll be. If a person complains that somebody's in their seat, point out how wonderful it is that people are finding freedom here at MFA. If they gripe about the style of music or, or that the band is too loud or that they played the wrong notes, you simply respond by, man, but look at all the people worshiping their Savior. Maybe they, they say things like, there's just too few people here that are like me. And you respond with, praise God for the diversity on this side of heaven. Because when we get to heaven, we're, gonna, it, we're all going to be there. And so you pour water on the fire. Be faithful. Faithful people are trustworthy. You can trust them to keep a confidence. Proverbs 11.13 says a gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy or faithful man keeps a secret. Proverbs 20.19 says a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. Man, isn't that a good verse right there? Right? When someone asks you to keep something in confidence, it means that you agree to keep the information to yourself. You're promising not to repeat that information without their permission. Keeping a confidence is a basic principle in healthy relationships. If you don't keep confidences, you damage relationships, you destroy trust, you lose friends, and you develop a re reputation as an unfaithful person. Faithful friends don't betray your trust. When, when, when you are struggling, you know that you can talk to them and not worry about what they're going to tell others. Now, are there times that you have to break a confidence? Absolutely, there are. If someone's going to harm themselves or, or someone else, you have to love them enough to intervene. With everything that's in the news right now, if it needs to be reported, can I promise you this church will report it? And there is a, we, we have to do that. But can I tell you, very few things fall under those categories. When someone says, I've got to tell you what Susan said. You're not going to believe this. I'm not supposed to tell anyone, but you have got to hear it. Just know that that person is untrustworthy. They're an unfaithful gossip, and they're an enemy of peace. You have scripture that tells you that you can just avoid them. It's fascinating, but I have actually had people attack me knowing they could precisely because I wouldn't break their confidence. They, they came to me with an issue, and I addressed it with them. Then they told a completely different story to other people and made stuff up that I never said, knowing that because I was faithful, I wouldn't violate their confidence and tell the real truth. Well, Pastor Jason, shouldn't you have just called them on it? I didn't. Once they talked, why didn't you put the real story out there? Here's why. I let my fruit stand for itself. When you are faithful, you don't have to chase down every single lie or story that is told about you because people know you. They know your character, and in fact, even your enemies recognize your faithfulness. 
See, when you are faithful, not only will your boss recognize it, so will other employees, even the ones that you don't like. Right? When you are faithful, your enemies at school will see it. When you are faithful, it's recognized. It's a visible fruit. And in a world of unfaithful people, your faithfulness will cause it to stick out. Proverbs 26 says, Many a man claims to have unfailing love, but a faithful man who can find? You'll stand out in the crowd because faithfulness is hard to find. You'll stand out at your job. You'll stand out at school. You'll stand out at church. Because faithful people are trusted, they're valued, and they're a rare and priceless treasure. Listen, if you have a faithful friend, do whatever it takes to keep them in your life. If you've got a faithful leader, follow her. Don't automatically assume that every leader in your life will be that way. If you have a faithful pastor, don't you dare think about changing churches. Thank God for the faithful people that are in your life and keep them in your life. Faithfulness leads to blessings. Proverbs 28.20 says, A faithful man will be richly blessed, but one eager to get rich will not go unpunished. One of my life verses is Galatians 6.9, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Keep doing good. Stay faithful. You have a promise from God that faithfulness will be rewarded at the right time in God's time. So be patient with God's plan. And when people are being blessed, faithful people don't resent other people's blessings. Instead, they celebrate. They're excited because they understand that blessings are a result of obedience. Have you ever had those people in your life that like if they see someone else getting a blessing, they go, man, I wish I had that in my life. How come God won't do that in me? Faithful people don't do that. Faithful people celebrate. Proverbs 25, 13 says, trustworthy messengers refresh like snow in the summer. They revive the spirit of their employer. Now, can, can you imagine that? Right now, we're all sick of the cold and the wet. But if it was August and 105 degrees, how refreshing would snow be? It'd be awesome. It's refreshing to be around someone that you can trust. It's refreshing to know that you don't have to guard every single little thing that you say and wonder if they're going to repeat it to somebody else. It's refreshing when someone does what they said they would do. A faithful person makes everyone around them feel better. You know that you can rely on them. You know that, that they're going to follow through and keep their word. A faithful person creates peace of mind in the people around them. Faithful people are consistent. They don't pick and choose when they're faithful. In Luke 16, Jesus said, If you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in the large ones. If you are dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth and who you trust and who will trust you with the true riches of heaven. And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things on your own? 
People say things like, if I had more money, then I'd give a lot to missions. If I had more money, then I would tithe. If I had a great opportunity to make a difference, then I would be faithful. If I was on the worship team every week, I'd never miss a Sunday. I'd be faithful as long as I was up front and had a microphone in my hand. I would be faithful if they'd just let me teach a class. Listen, that's not how it works. You don't get an opportunity, a blessing, or a reward and then become faithful. You aren't trusted to lead and suddenly get faithful. Instead, you get the opportunity or the blessing because you are already faithful. Listen, if you're not faithful with $10, you won't be faithful with $100. You aren't faithful with $1,000. You won't be faithful with a million. If you aren't faithful in a class or a life group that you attend, you won't be any more faithful if you teach it. If you aren't faithful when you're dating or engaged, you sure, as everything in me, I can tell you, you're not going to be faithful once you get married. If you aren't faithful serving where no one notices, you won't be loyal and faithful as a board member. If you don't faithfully attend church now, you won't faithfully attend when you get a position or a title. It's the wrong mindset. If you do this or if God does this, then I'll be faithful. Nope. You be faithful and then watch God open doors for ministry and influence and pour out his blessing in your life. Because Jesus said, if you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in the large ones. Be faithful in each moment, in every moment, and watch how the Lord begins to elevate you. If your job is cleaning toilets, make those toilets shine like never before. If you're hired for the lowest position in your company, treat it like it's the most important job of all. Be faithful in the little things, and God will bless you with larger opportunities to be faithful. So how do you be faithful in every area of your life? See, it's our responsibility is to be faithful in the moment, each and every moment. A faithful life is made up of many, many faithful moments. You likely see faithfulness as this big, overarching life issue. Either you're faithful or you're not. Instead, your approach should be, how can I be faithful in this moment? In every moment, in every area of your life, ask, what does it mean to be faithful in this moment? Can I tell you, I love being your pastor. It's an honor and privilege to journey with you through life. But as much as I love, I sometimes have meetings and appointments that I don't enjoy. Right? Sometimes it's tempting to check out and to think about other things. And very often at the top of my notepad, I write F-I-T-M. Looking at it reminds me that my, faith, that my responsibility is to be faithful in the moment. To give this person my complete attention and my whole heart. Listen, you can't be faithful in a moment that hasn't happened yet. 
You can't be faithful with something that's going to happen tomorrow or next week. You're not responsible to God for next week. You're responsible for Him for right now, for this moment. To be faithful in this moment that God has given you. Listen, if you've been unfaithful, it's time to change. Start right now. Start today. Talk to your ministry leader. Talk to your friend or, or, or that person in your life. Tell them, I'm making a new start. I, I know you, you haven't been able to count on me, but starting right now, I'm going to change. And then start being faithful one moment at a time. You might say, well, Pastor Jason, what if they don't believe it? What if they don't believe me? Then prove it. Prove yourself faithful because godly leaders will give you another chance. If you haven't been faithful to church, it's time to change. If you haven't been faithful to your promises, start now. Faithfulness starts right now with this moment. Show up. Finish. Complete the assignment. Keep your word. Be faithful. Because if you're faithful in the moment, in each moment, you will be faithful for a lifetime. You will reap the earthly rewards of faithfulness as well as the heavenly rewards. It's difficult to think about being faithful for a lifetime. But you don't have to be faithful for a lifetime. You just have to be faithful in the moment. And then in the next moment. Faithfulness is being faithful one moment at a time. Every tear and every storm, faithful still you are. So let me be more like you are. Holding on to all you've shown me in your loving arms. Faithful in this moment with me. Faithful in this moment here. thousand years are not enough to tell of all you've done for me the grace that gave me life so let me hold to all you are in every circumstance just let me be your work of art I want to be faithful in this moment Faithful in this moment here with you. So let me love like you love. Help me say the words you say. Lord, help me walk through darkness just as if it were the day. Help me give like you to the ones you came to save I want to be faithful in this moment here with you Faithful in this moment here with you Oh, let me love like you love 
You'll get earthly rewards of faithfulness as well as heavenly rewards. For the follower of Jesus, success is to be faithful. That's the goal. Faithful to God, faithful to your family, faithful to your spouse, faithful to your job. The goal is to be faithful. God promises his blessings. What the world views as success in response to your faithfulness. And one day, the ultimate success is to stand before God and hear Him say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. That can seem pretty intimidating, can it? But faithfulness is one moment at a time. Ask yourself, what does it mean to be faithful Right now, right here, what does it mean to be faithful in this moment with this decision? What is the faithful decision? What is the faithful thing to do? It's not always going to be easy. It may not always feel good. It may not always mean that, that you get your preference. But, you are, but when you are faithful in every single moment, one day you'll hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I want to pray for you. Would you bow your heads? Today I'm not going to make you raise your hand or stand. But in the quietness of this moment, I want you to look at your life and judge whether or not you have been faithful. Maybe there have been commitments that you've made, promises that you've made that you just simply haven't kept. Maybe it was because someone frustrated you or, or made you mad. And you decided you were done. And you've got unmet commitments in your life. Maybe it's to, to serving in a ministry. Maybe it's, it, it's unmet promises to your family. Maybe it's given back to God that first 10%. Whatever that area is, I'm going to pray with you, but I want you to make it right. Not tomorrow, not next week, but today. Because faithful people do what's right even when it's not easy. Maybe others of you in here, you've made commitments and, and you've been faithful, but you've started to see some areas slip. 
Maybe you haven't been unfaithful yet, but if the opportunity gave you, you might be. Today's the day to reaffirm those commitments, those promises. And maybe today you would say, Pastor Jason, I am keeping my commitments. I've kept my promises. I am faithful. Can I just tell you, I am thankful for your faithfulness. I want to pray with you. God, I thank you for men and women and teenagers, God, that, that maybe have not kept their commitments, God. Maybe it's to a ministry. Maybe it's to friends, God. Maybe they've broken promises or, or broken confidences. Lord, I pray that you would help them do what is right today. God, by making it right, and starting to be faithful today in this moment with this very first decision. God, for those that have maybe have been toying with the idea of being unfaithful in an area in their life, God, I pray that today they would be strengthened in their commitments and their promises. God, and today I also thank you for those who are faithful. God, faithful to their friends, to their spouses, to their family. God, faithful to you and faithful to this church. Lord, I thank you for their continued faithfulness in their life. God, I pray you would help each of us be faithful in the moment, starting now. In Jesus' name.